The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. again for another week on the Brandon Peters Show. Today features a discussion on the 2016 film Shin Godzilla. And returning to the show, well, you hear him at least once a month on this show, but from Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we live entertainment variety and why so blue, it's Aaron New Earth. Hey there. I like that I'm a regular guest without actually doing anything specifically to the show. <laughs> I know, I know. How have you been doing? It's uh, when did the show start? Sep- uh, September. Last September. Year. Yeah. Good. <laughs> For the most part. <laughs> there we go. Uh, out now with Aaron and Abe just uh, celebrated its one hundredth ep- or ten years. No, ten, ten, ten years. Ten years. Yeah. One hundred years on the air. We're well uh, past one hundred. <laughs> yeah, you're well past. Yeah, yeah, but you celebrated ten years of that show, which is quite amazing feat, and with. I would say regular. I don't think you've dropped from regular output. In yeah, years. it it has been a weekly show. Any any time we haven't recorded for a week, it's generally because we already recorded something. So there's always been something published every week. I think it's a lot. <laughs> like like we're our numbered episodes were at four forty five, but we have so many bonuses and commentaries because of even I's very strict rule on nomenclature for these episodes. Right, what's um, canon? So, what's not? Yeah. Yeah, so we have like pro- like in somewhere in like the six or seven hundreds when it comes to like when you feel like really added up everything. <laughs> to go back to your question, yeah, things have been like good enough in the you know this <laughs> apocalyptic era that we've been living in. Right. Yeah. I, uh, you know, uh, I, I got a, I got my first uh, poke in the arm uh, the other day, so that's you know step one to helping myself assemble with the mole people and whoever else is still you know living, uh, let alone the surface dwellers, of course. You know, despite things uh, not being normal for a while, ideally they get back to that way. But regardless, hasn't stopped the podcast from going. It hasn't yeah. stopped me from trying to maintain a little a little sense of optimism in all of this. I mean, right when it started, you guys yeah, like pivoted pretty well to start right from the right from the jump of theaters closing down and stuff like that. It was pretty awesome how you guys wheeled around and kept it going. I think I remember at the beginning you're like, I don't know what I'm gonna now I know what I'm gonna do. It was really it was really really quick to spare. Like uh, like Tom like 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 Tom like Tom Cruise said in collateral, you know, adapt, evolve, uh Darwin, I Ching. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. The commentaries for the first time, people been listening, but uh there's it's like a string, a theme, like a running Running a th- with the Thomas Harris Hannibal Lecter movie commentaries that have been. It's a very it's a very movie specific theme because we had one other theme be- beyond the Bond commentaries, obviously, but that's right. different. But beyond as far as like a uh, multi month theme, remember right. we did do the all the films that Titanic beat at the box office we in did. the first months of 1998. We did do that. 
with things that stick together and doing them in sequential months. We did do like <laughs> Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 in one night, I remember. Mm-hmm. We did that. But doing these, it's been interesting to continue through them. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, next up is Red Dragon. I watched. Yeah. Everybody's, <laughs> I'm fresh on it. <laughs> everybody's favorite, uh, Hannibal Rising, is on its way. The Can best we- part is that we get to watch it twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get to watch it twice. Because, yeah, the one for prep, and then one for, oh, yeah. We gotta we gotta find another uh, two two eighty minute movies to do back to back because that's fun. <laughs> that was fun. That was like you, you were like you want to just do the Evil Dead two. I'm like I can do Evil Dead two. It's me. Yeah, you, I think knock it out. Deets, uh, Jordan Grout. I think Jordan Grout was Jordan there Grout, for like yeah. a piece of it, and then he had some internet problems. Yeah. Or some like hour long. We could do Universal Classic Monster movie. We could do a triple feature. Yeah. On that. It, it's surprising we haven't done that. Really, we can knock those out pretty good. Yeah, we could easily do like a like a double Frankenstein thing, like one, yeah. one night. It'd be great. Anything but Son of Frankenstein, which is close to two hours. So there's a lot of story. There's a lot of it. <laughs> had to give had to give young Frankenstein material. I mean, come on. In relation to this episode, you recently published your Showa era rankings of Godzilla, which I was anxiously awaiting for a while. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, like when King of the Monsters was coming out a couple years ago, I, I put together my High Sea ranking and my Millennium Era ranking. Mm-hmm. For those not familiar, for some reason, even though you might have followed Brandon from the Cult Cinema Cavalcade podcast, there are distinct eras in the Godzilla franchise. The show era being the first, the classic uh, era as far as mm-hmm. from 54 to 75. And then there were two more, er- there's three more eras, but two more complete eras for like the, ni- the 80s slash 90s set. And then the Millennium Era is like, 99 2004 so i ranked those previously but yeah i took a break for a while uh, largely because i wanted to look i knew that criterion set was coming out mm-hmm. so i was like okay i'll have to be i'll be able to get like a fresh look at all of these and have like better opinions on them and plus this movie you know godzilla versus kong is coming out hours from now as we speak right as um, recording last week so I, now, but yeah. so I, yeah so i figured it'd finally be a good time for me to to get together the um the show a ranking which is uh, is quite a feat because it's 15 movies, and I like to uh, not be brief. Uh, that's not fair. It's brief enough. It's just there's 15 movies, and I have you know some fun categories and all of them, like who is he fight, oh, what yeah, my thoughts are, some bonus trivia on each of the movies and everything. So, yeah, I put all that on, on uh, Weiss of Blue, and I'm very happy with it. It uh, came out quite well. Yeah, definitely. Part of it, when you did your other rankings, that's what kind of inspired me to go. I was like, I want to, I want to watch all of these because the posters from the Heisey era are just phenomenal. They're the best. <laughs> they're like, I need to get one from like my my room or whatever, and like because they're just oh outstanding. And I was like, I need to, I need to finally go through and just watch all these these damn things. And now I'm, I'm up to speed. I, I last year during our quarantine time, I we did the call some cavalcade. We did the show era with the Criterion box set, and I just continued on and i'm glad i did because i purchased a lot of blu-rays that are now out of print yeah that's the thing <laughs> like i i can only hope that like arrow or somebody like gets the i, I doubt criteria will get the other arrows so i hope like one of the other ones like knocks them out but mm-hmm. yeah it's uh, <laughs> some of them are very hard to find just been now especially like yeah was already yeah. hard to like find and that now it's like impossible <laughs> without without paying hundreds of dollars like you right. can find them you're just gonna cost you some money <laughs> There's one that's like overseas. It's like twenty four bucks, but only offers the English dub. I think is like that's it. That's the key. It might be a BDR too. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh-huh. I have it on my watch list because I'm like, mm, somebody put it out again. Come on. I just can't imagine it like sitting there forever. There has to be some. So there has to be something in the works as far as like getting the rest of these out there in a you know a better version. Right. Because that one in the U.S. was a Weinstein, right? 
think yeah, Biollante's Weinstein. The rest are are Sony. So, somehow, someone must have like harvested these rights and like figured something. I I hope so. Anyway, someone so. put another set out. That'd just be the best. If they would have, you thought they'd had it now with the movie, but we'll we'll be patient. Just they come out when they go. Well, I mean, Shout Factory's putting out Kong '76 a month after or yeah. in May, so. Things always work out. And Arrow got out the the Gamera sets, obviously, obviously not the same, but still they got, right. you know, they got something out for earlier, yeah, last summer, and then they released them, set the Showa set and the Heisey set, and like smaller sets recently. Yeah. And one last thing before we move on, I want to mention that if it wasn't for you, I don't know that the promos for this show would have taken off like they did. <laughs> because I, like, I put out a promo video, I challenged myself almost like every weekend to put something out, and the first... I thought of I thought it'd be fun to just do a, a, a gross point blankish video and I asked you, I was like, Hey, could we you think we should do it? and you were like, Yeah, let's do it and if you would have said like ah, I can't or whatever, I don't know where we'd be right now. So I have <laughs> you to think a lot for doing that. And then the next week I was like, I should put something up again and I did just a talking to the camera video and then I started then I got ideas and I've gone crazy at times. Sometimes I'm just creative drought sometimes whatever but you helped get that on a roll just to keep that as a thing that goes with the show every every week so there's a big thanks there's a big that's awesome and we killed it on the first one so oh well i'm happy to encourage silliness so (laughs) i'm just i'm glad the pattern has continued because there's been some fun ideas like i watch these and they're like these are there's some fun stuff in here like that that one the other week with uh, two princes with your daughter like that was fun that that was good stuff yeah and every time i've asked you to be a video not only do you say yes right away you give me whatever i asked for within like the hour and i tell you when i and i pool a lot of people for videos i i know i'm asking a lot from people but the fact that you take that anxiety and stress of me waiting to like am i gonna get it right away amazing it's, it's not these like it's not hard requests it's like hey can you film like 10 seconds of you saying a thing into your phone like yeah all right <laughs> like, yeah, well, where, where am i where am i going right now <laughs> it's so weird like that <laughs> on a like on a, on a weekday like at like 11 o'clock at, in the morning it's like yeah here okay i'm done like <laughs> right my heart will go on one it was like there was literally there was another song before that that you sent me a video for no one else had and then i had, and then I had to change it and then, like, everybody else was like, oh, I think I'll have time to do it tomorrow. I'm like, it, I, I asked for, like, five <laughs> words. This is, yeah, it's crazy. But, hey, everybody's different. But it's just really funny that that happens. And they, but you take the stress off. Yeah. Uh, and aces every time. Uh, every again, time. I'm happy to encourage silliness. So <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. All right. Well, we will move on to Shin Godzilla. <laughs> It's a DOE's code name, Godzilla. Directed by Here We Go Again. If you enjoyed my murdering of names of cult cinema cavalcade. It's back. Is it Hideki Anno, Shinji Higuchi, written by Hideki Anno and Sean Whitley. Sean Whitley. Starring Hiroki Hasegawa, Yutaka Takenuchi, Satomi Ishihara, 
Ren, Asugi, Akira, Imoto, Kengo, Kora, and Jun Kunimura. I think you got that down pretty well, I would say. I gotta, I'm going to only choose foreign films from now on to test this. <laughs> there we go. Japan is plagued into chaos upon the appearance of a giant monster. It ends up being Godzilla. Spoilers. Spoilers. Shin Godzilla apparently means new Godzilla. It's kind of a Japanese thing. I, I know, like, police story had new police story. They tend to put, I mean, things translate differently here. Kind of like a weird thing. The American title was Godzilla Resurgence. Yeah, so. Resurgence. Ooh. One of the directors is from kind of the anime world with the Evangelion. And one did Attack on Titan, part one mm-hmm. and two. And is also a writer in art department for Neon Genesis Evangelion as well. So they kind of came from that. And uh, this is the longest time between Toho Godzilla. It was dormant for like, what, 12 years? Yeah, you had Final Wars in 2004. And so then, since then, no one interested in doing Godzilla's, Aaron. Well, no. um, uh, What's his name? Yoshimitsu Bano, uh, who directed Hedora, and was subsequently fired because the producer was like, "This is terrible. Why would you do this to us?" And it was banned for making more Toho Godzilla. (laughs) He uh, didn't quit. He, He, I mean. He was still involved with the studio to some capacity. He he kept at it as far as like wanting to do more in the Godzilla world. He wanted to make a sequel to Hedorah that never panned out. He wanted to make this thing called Godzilla 3D to the Max, which is this 40-minute IMAX Godzilla film that would have incorporated his ideas for Hedorah too, still Hedorah. And, <laughs> and it, it never quite panned out. But he was instrumental in getting the rights back, well, to make a combined effort for the American uh, Godzilla films. Well, final like Godzilla Final Wars, that kind of like that was kind of the end of the Millennium Era, and that they kind of intended it that way for a while. Mm-hmm. There were still like efforts to be like we want to like make another one eventually. So Bono was very you know important in getting together with Legendary to get that going to create the MonsterVerse. Essentially, he passed away in 2017. He still has executive producer credit on King of the Monsters and Godzilla vs Kong. He was he was thanked in the credits for King of the Monsters as well. The notion was never gone, but mm-hmm. not unlike the other eras like between the show era and the height there's 10 years before they made uh, 84's Godzilla after the Heisei era ended and Emmerich's film came out they just snatched those rights back right away and then started the Millennium Era up you guys are uh, doing this for yeah. a while <laughs> exactly yeah I mean it, time came and I guess you know the guys from Attack on Titan and Avenger, they had a, just a great pitch <laughs> so it was like good let's get this going yeah then we're gonna talk about it but it was a success <laughs> yeah yeah it was uh people liked it Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this this is a, a take. It's it's the first time they've actually like redone Godzilla because like uh, Millennium and Heisei eras were se- like sequels started with sequels to the original, and then this one starts fresh completely. And I kind of like I kind of thought this time like it it reminds me of kind of if twenty four and Godzilla meshed. It kind of has that kind of sense of urgency, but it's a very much a what would things really play like if a Godzilla thing happened? And it, it has a yeah. lot of like social commentary in that regard, and really plays hard. Like I, I think someone who is skeptical of Godzilla movies and stuff may enjoy this one. Yeah, because it. I mean, while it's not about. If you're going to a Godzilla movie, like getting like you know attached to the characters, is just not the thing that you're going there to look right. for. But there's still a way to do that effectively, as far as creating people that matter to some degree, or a story that you know has more than just structure going on. And this one is very much in the mood of it's 
it's in the same flavor as the 54, except this one has a lot more. It's weird to say humor, but it does have a sense of humor about itself. Yeah. There's something there that goes along with the very seriousness of it. Yes, it very much is informed by commentary of the times. The 54 one, obviously, informed by the nuclear age and nuclear the penta, fear of nuclear holocaust and what have you in the post-war Japan. This one takes in the, what is it, the 311 disaster? Yeah, there's, like um, a, there's two different disasters. There's like an earth, earthquake. Yeah, there's a big, there's a huge earthquake, and, and then there's this nuclear meltdown that took mm-hmm. place. And this one's very much inspired by those acts as far as like you know how you make a film like this today what do you inform it by well you're not going to talk about the nuclear anymore because that's that's you know the atomic age we're way out of that so you do something else and that's what they went for and it's very much there but at the same time it's you know it's a modern film and so the sensibilities shift a little bit you have you know 34 other godzilla movies at this point so it's like what else do we do so you incorporate you know, a sen- there's a sense of humor here that has to do with the bureaucracy of what it would be like to deal with a disaster, making and doing that with all the minutia you can. As far as having the like, one of the best running jokes is that every character you see, you get to see their 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 name and rank on screen, right? Or exactly. like what their what their position is, and that's taken to hilarious degrees. As far as the elaborate titles, a lot of these people have. <laughs> it, it, it even makes a joke out of that at one point when they just like state one guy's like involved like the our main character he's like what what if you're put in charge of this godzilla and it says like this like four line long title of like what is what his position in the government is now but it's like it gives you so many names and stuff like that. i'm not gonna remember like oh we never remember these people's <laughs> like that's yeah you, you mentioned 24 and i mean yeah in terms of like a real-time aspect of it like it, yeah it's kind of it's i can see where like that comes pacing. from there's another movie that i'll talk about when we get to what's next uh you know what what else we're talking about that is a very great i did a double feature with this last night that just works but in terms it's just it has a great sense about it as far as yeah we're making a monster movie but we're also going to be like what what would the how would the government respond to this mm-hmm. like you said in a realistic manner and that's really the, the driving force of this film the endless committee meetings boardrooms the human elements that's there where it just tosses a bunch of people at you to just like <laughs> have this realistic handle of it yet still provide a very entertaining Godzilla movie. Right. Like red tape upon red tape upon red tape upon red tape and showing like the prime minister has to make these like decisions based on all this insanity within seconds. They're like always, they really show uh, mm-hmm. the pressure that's on him very well. Like there's that one meeting where the woman, it's always hubris. Like somebody will say something like he can hear it, but she has to sit and repeat, repeat it to him a lot of time. And they keep using the same movement and, and camera shot of her. It's like, yeah it's it's crazy and then like how they will like try to say something in a cover not cover-up fashion but a public friendly fashion as something bad immediately happens yeah there's this constant underestimation of what godzilla is and so (laughs) and this and this godzilla which we'll talk about evolves over time so like every time they think it can't do something it turns out it can do something so it's it's wild it's it's really it's it is it can be very funny because of that as far as like defying expectations in that way and yeah because it's free from being you know a follow-up to the pre to the 54 version compared to the other films regardless of how connected those timelines are they do kind of adhere to a godzilla was in here before now we're just dealing with him again this one's just like this is the first time like, yeah. what's that going to be? And it really makes good use of that in this kind of modern setting. Definitely. And it does a lot of, like, weird things that it's never done before, like uh, the evolution of Godzilla. Like, that, there's different stages, and it starts with this weird, like, gross kind of tail 
the tentacle thing in the water going around, and then it becomes this thing with bug eyes and it, no arms and not strong feet, just shuffling through. And then it grows to something like familiar stature with Godzilla, and then finally becomes when it's huge. And he also, his mouth, when it opens, the bottom splits apart. That that's a, is that kind of, that's new. Yeah, it's like a, it's like, it's almost like a Del Toro design as far right. as that goes. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> but uh, it, yeah, it has these great stages, especially if you're like a fan of Godzilla and you're seeing this for the first time and you're like, you expect to see Godzilla and then you're like, Oh, it's just this like weird thing that <laughs> that like needs to like you know grow and so like you expect it's like okay, so like, I guess it's gonna change. And that's not the first time like Godzilla's evolved before on screen, but this one really takes that to the, to the max as, as far as like how you can handle seeing different phases of Godzilla and seeing it happen in like very satisfying ways as far as the types of destruction he's causing before it gets to this final form where it's just enormous and has all kinds of capabilities that we just haven't seen the way it's been shown before. Right, yeah, like, he can shoot beams out of his spikes on the back of his head, and, and apparently, like, pieces of him that fall off can grow to become their own organisms. Yeah, they, they, I mean, we don't see that specifically, but they speculate, yeah, they say, like, there's, like, a... Dorsal <laughs> plates or whatever, yeah. They can... Yeah, like, the, like just the way he's, like, you know, dropping off, like, he's there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of Godzilla blood in this movie, and, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's speculated that that's, like, almost like Alien, just kind of, like, building out more of it as it goes which is part of its like whole evolution cycle that it seems to be going through and you talk about that yeah the atomic breath even that gets like an arc as far as like right, you see yeah. him just like open his mouth and it's like at first it's flames and then it kind of builds into its like beam and then it just becomes this pure beam <laughs> it's just and it has like the most range it's ever had in a godzilla movie yeah. so it's just going across the city it's insane and then yeah you have like the the different armed forces trying to go after it eventually they like you know they attack her from the back and again as a godzilla fan you have a certain expectation so when suddenly its back shoots not one but like like 17 beams out of its back it just like starts using club light balls of, of godzilla yeah. yeah it's like the worst porcupine like it is, <laughs> it's just and it's just <laughs> delivering mayhem from behind now as it's like taking out these stealth bombers in the air it's insane it is so it's so like wild to watch this go on and like see the amount of, and it's like how do you stop this thing and they find a solution of course but it's just like really it's really wild right it's, they really show the different ways they try to attack it some strategies and there's even the one moment where the prime minister there's they, they find civilians in their trajectory and it like calls it off only to have godzilla just like whip his tail and just destroy more buildings and stuff it's like well <laughs> I get, you know, having the civilians in your best interest, yes, but, you know, all all it led to is more of them probably dying with that attack and stuff, but their attack at the time wasn't going to do anything, probably. And with all this stuff, like, they, this also feels like they were thinking of, with this movie, the stupid, you know, some of the questions people ask, like, why, why, why does Godzilla leave to go in the sea? Why does he stop fighting? Why, like you know those those silly questions? Because then they they come up with that like he overheats, and so he has to go cool off in the sea, which leads to them kind of figuring out how to defeat him, or not defeat him, just postpone him. And then he has a moment where he just stops mid in the city, and they're like, okay, we got two weeks. He's gonna wake back up. Got to figure something out. They, yeah, they put 
they put in like, like a countdown and yeah, I didn't write it down how long <laughs> it took, but yeah, they like, they built tension with that too. Like there's a point where you see just like the tail and like a piece mm-hmm. of it moves. It's just like, right. Oh no, it's going to wake up. <laughs> I got to get ready. You know, in the midst of all this, they have like um, the Japanese slash U S like participation going on. So they bring, they bring in like another woman who's like an aide, the president, you She's never great. see it's, the, the a, it's president, president, president Ross, and you never see the president. You just hear him. I think they they bring in kind of like how these foreign relations are going as far as handling this kind of threat that they don't know how to deal with exactly. And they have all these projections as far as like what to expect if it you know destroys all of Japan and like what's next. What's the other thing? Oh, as far as like the committees and stuff go, there's there's a point where like they form like they're a whole board of. I don't have the quote. I should have wrote it down. It's not an IMDb. I thought I'd just be there. But it's like, you know, we have like an assembly of like nerds, scientists, geeks, yes. dot like, <laughs> like just all these people. And it, which feel, it feels very much informed by like a more modern generation as far as how do we handle this? And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, we can't just use military. We need to use like all of our different talents that we have. Yeah. And they like stack out all these different laptops and everything. And like, you know, like it just <laughs> builds a whole environment of like, how do we deal with a Godzilla? Which they even like justify a name for, for the film as well. Oh yeah. They would blame the Americans for making a silly name. Like, well, at least we've got a name for it. Yeah. And it comes from like a Japanese scientist who was, who went to America to come up with all this, which there's a yacht at the beginning of his that they find, which reminded me of Godzilla 1984, finding the mysterious yacht at the beginning. And then that reminded me also of Fulci's zombie when i watched godzilla 1984 but that kind of felt like a little nod to that i don't know intentional or not but they were similar there's a lot of things and I, there's i like this strategy and like how they take him down in the end by using the military to use their force to destroy their own city to have buildings you know plant godzilla on the ground and then they shoot the uh, the stuff to freeze his blood or whatever inside of him and it looks like they're like it looks like this dental operation. Mm-hmm. On, uh, yeah, Godzilla. all the cranes you know, and everything. Cr- yeah, cranes and like spray it in there. Like, oh, he's got a cavity, and it like comes to like down to like the wire on that, and he just kind of like turns to almost turns to stone in their city, and that they're gonna have to learn to live with him until he eventually awakes. Pretty pretty cool finale that I don't think they'd ever done before. Normally. I mean, throughout these, usually he fights a monster, he wins, he goes home or something like that. But to see him just to be continued kind of is an interesting finish. It leaves it. I want to talk more about the ending because there's a, it's one of the best like endings in general. Yeah. <laughs> but but the the notion of getting more was certainly there. And it's unfortunate that Toho decided like the, the initial plan was to make another Shin Godzilla. Mm-hmm. But then Toho, Toho was like, everyone's making these cinematic universes so let's make a cinematic universe of of shin movies in there which again i'm not against necessarily if you're gonna say okay we're making like shin mothra and shin rodan or whatever like cool but at the same time it's like you had a really good base for a story like i want to see where where this is gonna go so it's like things are still up in the air there's no like official word on any new plans yet for uh for for Toho's next Godzilla film, I mean, there's I think they're dealing with you know what these legendary films are doing. Yeah, they, they had to of, like wait right till the legendary ones were complete or something. I mean, this came out after 2014, so right. I mean, well, I don't I saw, know. I saw like, somewhere I was reading somewhere where they had like a under contract till after Kong or Godzilla versus Kong came out that they were couldn't have one come out or something. And some agreement with Legendary, but like yeah, the cliffhanger they talk about how Godzilla could 
he could possibly evolve with wings. And then in the cliff area, they get a close-up on the tail, and you can see these little creatures that have formed. Oh, well, that's the, so here's the thing. It's not just like creatures. It's the <laughs> Godzilla's evolution through this movie is wonderful because it's all about countering the stuff that's, you know, threatening it, right? So yeah. first it's like, air, it's like the air, the basic, his mass against the environments, you know, being shot out with stuff. Like, what do you, like, it keeps evolving. And the it's like, so what do you deal with next? Well, the thing that Godzilla's most threatened by are committees. And so on his tail is an army of committees on his tail. It's, it's, it's such an, it's such, it's one thing, it's creepy as hell looking at it. it And just the way, and the way they just, all the music's dropped out at that point. You're just looking at this, like still these, like, you know, this shot panning up the tail, showing these like people that are just yelling. And like, there's even one that looks like it's on the phone. Like it's very specific what it's trying to do. And it's like, that's insane. (laughs) Like that's the thought process that went through this. It's like, how does it evolve next? It'll evolve into a giant group of people. It's, right. that's, that's wild. That's a, and it's such a like, again, the creepiness is there, but it's such a deliberate shot. Like it's so thought out where there are other great endings of Godzilla movies. Destroya comes to mind. Even King of the Monsters, I think, has a spectacular, as far oh. as like a get you going type of ending. But this one is just, it's so like intricate as far as how it got to that point And it leaves you there with this kind of chilling thought for a film that is, again, fairly humorous it still has these beats that just nail you in a Godzilla movie of all things. It's not just like, I love the ending for, for this as a Godzilla movie, but just in movies in general, no, what yeah. a hell of a closing shot that is. Like it just really does something. It's really creepy. I mean, it, and you know, it does feel, you know, it is cliffhangery, but it could be the final statement on it as well too. I mean, with what this movie is showing that it was forming, you know, the committees that's, we go, oh, look, what are those? Sequel. But it could be just like a, that's our final thing we, we say here with their social commentary and, and whatnot on the film. Um, but yeah, it's, it is, it is an awesome ending. And this is one of the few movies that, when you think about it, like, that's just Godzilla and he's the bad guy. Like, it's, like, even the 2014 Godzilla had other monsters to fight in that film. But like, most, yeah, most of the time, Godzilla and other monsters. You got this, what the original in '84, and if you count the Emmerich one, yeah, it is a very versus heavy franchise. But you get, you know, you get those occasional ones mm-hmm. that <laughs> just say, "No, Godzilla is the only threat that we need to worry about here." This one, it does it. It does it. Re- I mean, looking at the by like in total ranking, like this is easily like at least the second. But it's like, I mean, there's not much that puts this, uh, you know, past for f- f- uh, '54. I mean, it's like it's right. I mean, it's it, right yeah, there. Like. It, it truly, truly understands what that first film was in, mm-hmm. in informing itself. Like it really, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's astounding with any franchise, any remake, any sequel that this one really knows what to do with that original, like really knows what the important thing was before the monster. Even, even though it's real quick, even the look of Godzilla resent yeah. like, it's not a it's CG, but it's not a it's not a guy in a suit. But it certainly is. They try to remind uh, you of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's very much. It's evoking that kind. You know, suit suit nation. It's evoking that kind of like guy in rubber suit type of effect as far as how he moves, how he's designed. So it's it's so indebted to that original. It just knows how to like play it in the right ways. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, interesting to look at. And I think like like Hedora that we were talking about that one. I think that one's informed by the original in a good way. Like I think the, the ones that actually pull more than just, Hey, monsters fighting. Um, and then, and then again, I'm not 
from Japan and stuff. There could be deeper things in a lot of those films that I don't pick up on because it's For sure. reflective yeah. of those. But the ones that I get, like that's one thing I liked about Hedorah. It was like the smog monster was the was another answer to Godzilla and the problems that they were trying to reflect on in the first one. And this, one, I mean, I, outside of some you know various references that might be going over our heads, there's not a lot of like there there. I've seen these enough to know, like, there's only so many of them that are really, like, attacking, you know, commenting on culture in some right. way, or, you know, having some level of satire. Uh, the original King Kong versus Godzilla comes to mind as far as trying to do something with the premise. But for the, you know, <laughs> Megalon doesn't have much going on right, <laughs> besides right, what's right, there. Right. right. And, and even, like, the especially the later, you know, the High Sea era, as much as I like the High Sea era, like that's very much trying to do its own thing as far as we just want to tell a singular story through Godzilla films. Or... They're commenting on other films that have been made before pretty much. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's less about thematic depth and more about just like cinematic homages within Godzilla right. films. Yeah. And the, the millennium, the millennium series is just an anthology film just divided into yeah. six movies. Yeah. yeah, definitely. It's all fun to go through. Like it's, it's a treat. Like uh, if, I don't know how you can be bored. Go, I mean, there's like 30 plus films, and they're all. I mean, some of them you're not gonna hit, you're not gonna hit one out of the park every time. But the way they manage to make a lot of these so different, for the most part, it's it's pretty impressive. If you want to go through through down that rabbit hole, I I highly recommend it. And when you get to this one, you're just like, wow, all right, back to nice bookend. And hopefully, we see more from this, and they go back to following. Should who would who would you would you bring another monster in for a second Shin Godzilla or do you think? I mean, I, I mean, at this point, it's like unless they have just a really creative way to handle bureaucracy even further by mm. I don't know moving to like another country, but that'd be unlikely for a Toho film. Right. I just yeah, I would try to think of like who like which makes sense. Like I don't know. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, honestly, yeah. I mean, if you if you have a film that's dealing with the bureaucracy and like how do we defeat this thing? Mecha Godzilla would make sense as a new adversaries. Okay, all right, right. We, we've we've done the we've done the work and we've decided to build our own Godzilla. That seems like a like a governmental response, which is not right. unlike Pacific Rim in that matter. As far as you know, or maybe you know. maybe you could do something uh, based on like like foreign relations or country relations, and you bring a monster that represents some other country with. Mm-hmm. Let's try to pull that off somehow, or maybe like a United Nations of monster and stuff like that. To I don't know. If, they, if that's the one, if they want to key in on governments doing and all of it. And this, it's insane how many people are in this movie. I mean, there's a lot of like extra city. It's a huge, a huge bunch of government people. And we, we probably see more of them than evacuating people. I mean, that's an overstatement, but just the fact that we see so many different ones. It, it, it's a huge speaking role film. As far as like the amount right. of like parts where people have something to say. Cause I, I know there's more, but like LA Confidential is always a film that seems to get like talked about as far as there are so many speaking parts in this film. Like regardless of how big the character, the actor is or what have you, there's like a ton. This is a movie like that as far as so many people have a part in this movie, (laughs) regardless of like them being a, you know, a famous stature. It's just like, we gave mountains of people work to do to make this movie come to life. (laughs) So many people talked, so many parts were had. Yeah. And this uh, ended up being one of the, it was was it the highest grossing Japanese film of 2016? I wouldn't be 
I mean, I I think so offhand. I wouldn't be surprised if it is like that makes sense. But more importantly, it won like sixteen Japanese Academy Awards. <laughs> like it, it dominated. It nominated for seven and uh, won Best Picture and Best Director. Yeah, it did. It, <laughs> it, it clean. Like it was a well-regarded film. Like, yeah, yeah. Everywhere, I mean, but yeah, in Japan, there Toho was very proud of like the the work that went into this, which is just more irritated that it's like we're not just making Shin Godzilla two right away. It's like right. come on, <laughs> everyone <laughs> liked this, <laughs> right? Yeah, it was huge. I mean, it outgrossed the entire like high scene millennium era films like within like no time. Like it, was, it sold a ton. It sold a ton of tickets. Yeah, it did really yeah. well. I think it was regard. like the financially it might have been the. I think it was the most successful since Ibra. That was like the one they they said ticket sell sales wise that was, had sold the most tickets. But man, it was a. Well, I know ticket sales outside of these newer movies, King Kong versus Godzilla is by far like the the the, the biggest ticket maker ticket ticket seller of the of the entire franchise. That record held on for years. But I mean, yeah, I mean, necessarily, you know, it was still making money. It started to wane a little bit, uh, a lot. Uh, that's why you reboot yeah. it or you get rid of it for a while. And who to know? Who knows what the. Godzilla versus Kong would have done had we not had a pandemic. I mean, Kong's a movie star, so I mean, that, I think that would have paid off really well in the realm of things. I know King of the Monsters didn't do the best. I, um, I, I, and it's funny because I feel an excitement built for the movie. I mean, based off social media, which isn't always an accurate portrayal of what mm-hmm. it is, but it feels like people have been getting really excited for this this one. And the people who have seen it, like yourself, have. I mean, there's been people loving it so far. There's a lot of good things to say. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I am happy that I'm not like sitting here alone. <laughs> right. that way. Well, I feel like, like King of the Monsters, like it's kind of, I, I guess, what did you say? Mixed with that one? They were negative. They were, they were mixed negative reviews. They were and more I, negatives. And They're, I didn't get to see that one until like a Sunday after it came out, I think. And I was like, huh, I don't know how you could come out like that negative on this movie. Like this is, what did you want? Like that's why I yeah, was wondering with American audiences. I don't know if they really know Godzilla movies like they say they do. No, they like the, the idea of it is intriguing, but once you see it, it's a it's a taste. It's a very it's a cult property mm-hmm. compared to Kong, which Kong is more of a you know it's American. Like <laughs> it's it's an American, despite being always... you know an immigrant from Skull Island. But right. yeah, but, you know it has I don't know an appeal there. Maybe just because I don't know. Regardless, yeah, I mean. This new one seems like it's in this Goldilocks area where, because Godzilla 2014 got really good reviews. Yeah. Uh, the, and Skull Island, got, I mean, it doesn't count as far as Godzilla films, but like Skull Island got good reviews as well and made money. Mm-hmm. Uh, King, of the, King of the Monsters didn't uh, do as well. So now we're in this like period where it seems like it's just right, I guess, as far as how to balance these things. And hopefully that transfers well to whatever ex- right. monetary, monetary expectation you could have in this pandemic era that we have to kind of like deal with but can be started out well like it did did super well overseas and it's opening international weekend so yeah very i know true. we're talking about this a lot more now <laughs> we're talking about shin godzilla but yep, it's it's relevant time specific relevant if you're listening to this episode in two years well this is when it was recorded <laughs> i saw this in theaters it had like mm-hmm. a limited it had limited like fathom release or what have you and i'm like 
hell yeah, I want to go see a Godzilla film. So I took my lovely girlfriend, I took my dad and a friend of ours that uh, my dad and I that likes to see these kinds of movies. And we had a blast. <laughs> like it yeah. was such a fun time seeing it on a big screen and old, like an old school type Godzilla film. Yeah. Um, and just, and I didn't know going in what it was beyond like the previews where I was like, cool, new Godzilla. I didn't know what kind of movie was going to be. And it's like, oh, so it's a satire, like, and the Godzilla movie. Like, and it's delivering like things I haven't seen Godzilla do before that are super awesome. And this is coming after 2014, where I've already seen Godzilla give what's basically the best finishing we've ever seen in a Godzilla movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, you know, watching this one, it's like, how do you up that? Well, one thing, this one's bigger. It also, it has like crazy dorsal fin lasers now also in the midst of its evolutionary path. It's like, what? <laughs> this is so much good here. And like, I, I haven't talked about the, the directors nearly enough, but they like, in addition to like filming this, the Godzilla stuff well, they have a lot of fun just like putting cameras on stuff, like Breaking oh, Bad yeah, style, yeah, like yeah. putting like putting it on like the chairs and things rolling around. Like it's just the point of view of the monitor looking out at people. Like oh yeah, that one, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's a great shot. Like there's just like a lot of creativity as far as how do we make this work? Not even how do we make the work, but like how do we? What do we do that's like just fun and different for well, a Godzilla movie? How do we make movie? all these government meetings and committee things not yeah. boring or the same or repetitive uh-huh. without? besides changing rooms and offices Uh and walking and talking. This is 20, I mean, I assume it filmed like 2015 or whatever, but like, you know, there's social media, there's social media, but like even now you could see them doing even more of that as far as like incorporating, you know, different kinds of like camera, you know, they have a little bit of, I get to be towards the, more more towards the beginning when they're first like, what is going on out here? You're just kind of getting shots of like, tunnels that are like common people's point of view yeah exactly now i I, like if they made a sequel now i can only imagine them like incorporating that even more so just because of how informed people are using that kind of you know uh, Mm -hmm. social media and what have you to capture moments live and whatever it's like there's a lot you can do that I, now I'm just, I'm like, my mind's totally like, what would the sequel be like? What would it, would there be protests? So like save Godzilla, <laughs> which they're kind of, which there are a bit of, there is a bit of that in this movie. Like it, it's going for these kind of things. Especially, and especially if they want to keep it like informed by today in some way, obviously it's yeah. Japan. So it's a little different, but you know, there's, I imagine there's things you can do that incorporate, you know, other monsters while still having societal things to address to some degree. No, definitely. Definitely. It's I just everything like this movie moves like it's two hours and lots of government stuff, but man, it cranks through like that's it's kind of what like like when I was compared to twenty four, it was not so, not so much the like feels like it's real time, but like the pacing and the way they stage some of the government things feels very. I know what you mean, but twenty four. Even then, like for you know, it's a two hour movie versus a twenty four episode TV show. Right, so yeah, I mean, yeah not, not necessarily real time, but there's a yes, a, the frantic pacing as far as important people needing to go to different rooms to say things to others about what's yes. going on and how do we get this done. Like that's twenty four in a nutshell. Without you know, minus the except instead of Jack Bauer, you know, shooting a guy in the face and you know looking cool or whatever, you have Godzilla destroying something right. in the craziest way possible. I now just realized I want Xander Berkeley in a Godzilla movie. He's not been in one. We should have him. It seems like he'd fit right in, given yeah. all the character actors they shove into these legendary movies at right, this point. Yeah. He should have had <laughs> like a it, lead. Like, if, if, if CCH Pounder can drop in, drop in for like two minutes in the courtroom, I think Xander Berkeley, and preferably with a hat, can uh, yes. find his way into one of these as well. 
if you're trying to see a god, if you're trying to like know what Godzilla's like, I wrote a big post about this too, as far as like your beginner's guide to Godzilla films. Mm-hmm. I mean, this one is a great balance of like all the different kinds of ways you can approach this character uh, or this creature. And it's, you know, modern. And I know that, you know, so there's less of a, it might not throw people off as much if you have, you know, a film that's set like more current and more current times than that, perhaps. But it's also just like, it has a sense of humor about itself. It knows what it's doing. And it gives you just, you know, a great Godzilla. (laughs) Yeah. No, like, that's what I said. Like, I would recommend this to anybody. Like, oh, hardcore Godzilla skeptic? Watch this one. Watch this one. Like, if you like movies, block, but like, yeah, if you're the hardest against blockbusters, if you're the hardest against Godzilla, like kaiju movies, check this one out. I, I really think it'd surprise you and be like, oh, wow, maybe these aren't turn your brain off entertainments. Maybe there is more to them, whatever turn your brain off is, because I don't know. <laughs> We've had conversations about this. It it really does everything. Like, that's the, like, if you want a foreign film, if you want to see, if you want a satire, if you want a monster movie, like, if you, if you want a comedy, like, it, it just has so much going. Action. Thriller. And it's all, it's all competently made. And it's, and if you want, yeah, if you want to see what other, you know, outside of America blockbusters look like, it's all right here. Like, it just packs it in so effectively. Like, it's, it's ridiculous how good this movie is. It's so good. Like that's, that's like less for me as a giant Godzilla fan, and more just me as like a fan of film. Like if you like how right. movies are made, like this does a lot of very creative stuff with like getting that done. So. Yeah, in modern ways, classic ways, like it really, really handles it well. Where did it fall on your top of the last decade? It's in there. It's like that's a that's a it's a complicated list, and like every you know that's the best of the decade as it stands when I posted it. Like it's already like looking at it, it's like I could have put this higher. Like it's in the nineties, I believe, but it's like a you know, hundred films over ten years. Right, it's a yeah. lot to consider, but it's like watching it, it again last. It. Like that's it, yeah. Well, yeah, it made it. But then I'm like, I watched it again last night. Is like this is too low. Like <laughs> this movie's like so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like what? Whatever. What was the last time I watched Birdman? I don't know. Why is it so high compared to Shin Godzilla? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like I, I saw. Yeah, I saw Birdman in the theater. Bought it on Blu-ray, and I, I haven't even watched my Blu-ray. I'm not sure. So, and I liked Birdman a lot back then. Yeah, it's a great movie. But it's like Shin Godzilla, guys. <laughs> yeah, I watched it twice. Like I watched it, watched it last night before recording, and then this afternoon I was doing something. I put it on, but I put it on with the English dub just to see how that played out because I hadn't, I hadn't heard it with the English dub yet. And I was like, no, there's too many. The problem with the English dub is like we were talking about how so many parts there are. They're not mm-hmm. enough good actors for those parts. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, you get some bad deliveries here and there, but uh, the main, the main people are pretty good, but. They, to differentiate the voices and have so many, they doesn't quite work out all the time. It's a great you movie. Get, I know. I keep I, I keep thinking of things now. <laughs> like I'm trying, there's there is a part where like you have the prime minister who you mentioned who's making like these hard decisions. Yeah, and he dies. He died. Yeah, no, he, he and like four staple. Yeah, got to kill the president. But he and like eight cabinet members or whatever die, and it's like. It's the kind of thing where like so <laughs> writing my Godzilla vs Kong review like it's there's been a lot of talk about like the humans in these movies and how much you're supposed mm-hmm. to care about, or like, you know, the reason why people don't like these movies because the story's dumb and the humans don't matter. And it's like, I mean, there's an ability to it, to entertain without having like a rigid structure where these things need to be, you know, qualifiers. And I feel like right. Godzilla films are very much not that you're not, you know, 
<laughs> if your movie is called Godzilla versus Kong, I feel like your level of expectation should be at a certain place. That's not saying <laughs> you don't need to have characters or they, they can, they can, it's okay for them to be terrible. But I don't think, you know, when these movies come out that are made by all the people they're made by, you know, Adam Wingard, the director's thinking like, oh, I forgot the character development. Like, that's not what's going yeah. on here. <laughs> to, so bringing that back to Shin Godzilla, there's very much a, a purpose in how these characters are utilized. And yes, you're mm-hmm. following a couple of them that you get more familiar with than others, even if it's only through the lens of bureaucracy. Right. But when you like the prime minister, who I know nothing about beyond he's just exacerbated by the situation, when he and a bunch of people die midway through the movie, I care. Like, I was sitting there thinking, these guys try, like, they don't know how to deal with a Godzilla, and now they're dead. Like, I don't feel great about that. Like, I have an attachment to, like, what's going on here. And it's another way where this movie really comes to life as far as understanding, yeah, this is a powerful threat. Are you watching a Godzilla movie? Yeah. Is that inherently silly? Sure. But do you want to see, like, this version of that where it's giving you, what if a government took this seriously? Yeah, I want to know what that is. And guess what? I care about that. I care yeah. about like what's going on throughout this film. And so it's it really does a lot of things very effectively while being a Godzilla movie. Right, yeah. And it I, I mean when they kill the prime and it's like his chain of successions with him too. Like it's weird that they don't separate them out and travel, but that, <laughs> that happens and becomes another point of contention. Like they have to like vote in a temporary. Well, it's like a hindsight thing, right? Because yeah. It's a hindsight thing because it's like you know, how do you deal with this? And like, oh, now he's he's cha- he's here now. We need to evacuate. Yeah, all right, like, let's go. Like, it's like I can I can understand the we didn't have the perfect plan for this like in the moment right. type thing when it comes to giant monster we've never seen before. It's like, yeah, right, I gotta get all this right. And yeah, it cost us you know something deep as a because of it. This, I mean, this movie thinks it out. It's gotta be like it's it's as interested in the monster as it is in showing the government actions and how they how they work out and how they play on it and and has in its back of its head what dumb questions do people ask during these movies that we can have so like little answers for that sound scientific and like whoa I'll, yeah that makes sense but yeah by that like that they, they really it's a thoughtful script like i'd love to see them shooting at each other right in this story and like making sure every little crack has like a is filled like it only it's very very thoughtful in its approach i don't think i could emphasize how amazing the atomic breath is in this movie. <laughs> like, it's so like just the stages of his mouth the way it opens the beam that it blasts like it's yeah. the, the well, length it, that it is like it's just when the mouth the mouth separating is an interesting because i've never seen godzilla as gross before and that's kind of gross looking and it gives him kind of a creep factor again that maybe he hadn't had it's a scary godzilla like yeah. the design is is scary in this movie like if you, if you like just look at it and it's just so the way it's shot it's so just like the wide shots is just looming in the background is this like big thing that Mm-hmm. has no sense of reason that you can you know understand offhand it's not kong where yeah there's humanity there this is just like it just is coming here and it's just destroying things <laughs> it's a thing. well and it's weird looking too i mean it's evolution too makes you kind of unsettled You're like oh, it, it feels like something an anime team would design like yeah. it really it, it has a different kind of because sh- for one thing it's not a guy in a suit so you don't need to make a suit that's big enough for a person to be inside of so you can have fun mm-hmm. with that so its head is smaller its neck is narrower its body is like a different kind of rigid like it, its arms or t-rex the arms eyes almost like chicken like almost yeah they start out chicken like before they evolve like right. it's just 
Ooh, <laughs> they got some ideas for this thing. And yeah, it just, <laughs> it, it gets its spotlight in the best of ways. Oh, sure. And it's purple. And it's cool. Like, you know, it's just something nice. different. <laughs> it rules. Purple See? when it lights up. Red, red in the front, purple in the back. <laughs> That's what it does. This is where we just talk about anything we've kind of maybe put in the world, written, recorded, or read, listened to, watched, something like that. Just whatever else we have going on. So, Aaron, what else? As I mentioned, uh, there was another movie that I watched with this, a double feature that I did. It's In the Loop, Armando Iannucci's brilliant comedy satire from 2009. Yeah, that sounds right. Um <laughs> <laughs> but what why i watched this back to back is because that's a that's another that's a movie about bureaucracy and it was you know, it came be, it came before veep the hbo series which is also you know brilliant but it's doing very similar things as far as uh just going through the ridiculousness of government administration and all the you know various people that do different things and how much you can mine comedy out of stuff like that. So it's based off a British series called In the Thick of It, which Armando Iannucci also created, which features uh, Peter Capaldi, mm-hmm. who I assume people know now as like a doctor, but I know him as this very foul-mouthed British man because that's... People will <laughs> know him as the thinker. Oh, yeah, yeah, he'll be the thinker soon. Enough. Mm-hmm. But, um, but the, you know, in addition to being a very funny way to kind of weave a web of craziness within the U S and British governments, mainly the British, but for the movie, it goes to the U S it's also laden with swears um, and very, very elaborate, very creative swearing throughout this film. It's a hysterical movie as far as like how it sets up different situations. It has a lot of people you recognize. James Gandolfini is one of the major stars of the film. It's a, it very much works in tandem with uh, Shin Godzilla as far as like a movie that, that uh, deals with uh, boardroom meetings, committees, and what have you in a, in a humorous way. This movie's just, you know, instead of Godzilla, just has outwardly very, very funny things going on throughout it. Awesome. Yeah, I never, I know that movie, but I never checked it out. Oh, you got to get on it. You got to go back on it. Yeah. Definitely you need a laugh. It. Like, that's going to do it. <laughs> it's really, really funny. Heck yeah, definitely. Oh. And Capaldi, you know the funny factoid about him? Him and Craig Kilborn had a punk rock band together in the early 80s called The Dream of course Boys, which always fascinated <laughs> me. That's, that's wild. And I think one of the other guys in it went on to be like some sort of successful like record producer or something. So it was like a mm. talented band that came out or whatever. Capaldi's also an Oscar winner. Yeah, yeah a Academy Award winner like Oscar way for... long ago, too. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. like short film, was it? Is that the category? That yeah, best short film. Special yeah, it was a live action short. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, talented, talented man that Capaldi. Yeah, if you if you like Veep, you will love In the Loop. Like that's bottom line. That's right there. <laughs> Is it on any of the streaming services right now? Or I I, I don't know offhand. I have the Blu-ray because okay. I, I needed it. <laughs> so, I may need it after I see it too. I, so, yeah, I, I'm sure. I mean, it's avail. It's out there somewhere. Like you can. I'm sure you can rent it in some capacity. If not, it, no, it's probably it's probably on like Canopy or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh yeah, that's, it's an it's an IFC film. The highly underappreciated Canopy. Like check, yeah, it was, I've mentioned it like Canopy, your library or uh, Hoopla. That's the other one, right? Hoopla, yeah. Hoopla and Canopy. They they're like you know if you can't afford a Criterion channel, you have free access to some good stuff similar with canopy definitely and yeah if you have a library card in hbo max you can pretty much get a lot of criteria <laughs> right yeah that's pretty much yeah or if you're if you're at&t phone service you have a lot of criterion at your fingertips for free so there's that my what else is scream queen 
I finally watched it, the Mark Patton documentary, the star of Nightmare on Elm Street 2, and it tells his side of things from being a gay man in Hollywood in the 80s, and rather than trying to keep in the closet and do what students stuff were telling him, he just disappeared, and when they made the documentary Never Sleep Again about the series, a private investigator was able to hunt him down like no one could find him, and this is his story about returning and confronting things and bringing things to the medium. It's very fascinating about Hollywood from his perspective in the 80s and AIDS and things like that. It's a really interesting documentary. Now, I mean, it feels like it could get lost in my mind. Like, oh, well, everybody's got a documentary now. But this one actually has a lot to say, a lot of stuff to do and to maybe not take a look and laugh at a movie or just how things have come around to be appreciated with this film. But it actually it doesn't sit and try to go for hours on end it's short but it, it really feels impactful rather than just making documentaries upon documentaries upon documentaries nowadays like we get but definitely enjoyed that it was on shutter which i currently have because i wanted to watch lucky and then i went to cancel my one week and they were like you would you like a month and i was like all right i'll take a month so finally check that one out all right well that'll do it for today aaron Thanks, as always, for your support and being game to jump on the show and talking Godzilla, which is, I know, something you love, and that is just another plus that comes with you. So let people know where they can find you and what you got going on. I'm all over the place. You can find me hosting the podcast I'm a co-host of, Out Now with Aaron and Abe, which is available on iTunes and where you can find podcasts. I write movie reviews over WeLiveEntertainment.com. I write my Blu-ray reviews, mainly for Criterion stuff, over at Why So Blue. And I have the occasional thing going on with Variety as well, and a bunch of Twitter at Aaron's PS4. All right, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4KUHD, written work at WhySoBlue.com. There's more from the Brandon Peters Show this week. But until then, always remember to keep the positivity in your online film chatter. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.